Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. You know me, I hate eggs. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. The tape gun is a confidence game from start to finish. Mm. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. My plan is to just live in our house until all the light bulbs go out and then move. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. The Earth Science Regents is going to be the death of us at my house. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, very, very important topic, things that we should be able to do, but somehow can't. Yeah, this really gave me the lols, this uh, (laughs) topic. I mean, what's wrong with us, Amy? What is wrong with us? I'm going to start with one of my own. I can't drink out of a water fountain. Like when I try to drink out of a water fountain, <laughs> I get it all over my face, like chin, like running down to my neck. This is less of a problem now that we all carry water bottles around when we go. And there's like the water bottle fillers at the airport where water fountains used to be. But as a child, it was a deep shame of mine that I could be really thirsty at school. But if I tried to use a water fountain in the hallway, like my shirt would get wet. Can I armchair diagnose you? Sure. I think that you are too proper to do the correct amount of slurping that is involved with drinking out of a water fountain. That must be it. Thank you. I think that you really (laughs) have to commit to like being like your most animalistic self to drink out of a water fountain properly. I was saying to my husband not six months ago that there's something about a water fountain. It's like drinking out of a hose. There's some, I get joy chills. Like there's something about drinking out of a water Ooh, fountain. I like drinking out of a water fountain. It feels so wonderful to me. I don't know why. I don't know if it's nostalgic or if it's just like that cold stream of water that you're just like, I don't know. It's delicious and delightful. But first of all, they've disappeared. And second of all, it's been mitigated by the like understanding of germ theory that is now makes a water fountain less appealing generally. But I really miss something about being really thirsty and drinking from a water fountain to me is like a perfect human experience. And I I miss it from my life. (laughs) What's something you really should know how to do, but you can't? Well, I had a really similar, which was funny. I had two, one which one of our listeners had. I am still really bad at telling my left from my right. Like, just like as a snap decision, it freezes my brain when someone says, is it left or right? Like, 
I know my left from my right, but my have a brain freeze around it somehow. And then I don't like to have to lift up my hands. If I do lift up my hands and I see the L, you know, you lift your hands and your fingers form the L, but I don't want to do that. And there's just a brain freeze that happens. But I had a similar one to you, which is it's I level up and then I fail. When you run in foot races or, you know, uh, 5Ks, you know, any kind of public race thing, (laughs) they hand you water and there are people who can run by and like scoop the water and drink it as they continue running. Uh It's a little Dixie cup and then you throw the cup down and I... I've never mastered that. I don't exactly know. And then I ran a couple marathons back in my day. I'm not a runner anymore, but the entire, then they give you this stuff called goo. It's like a little liquid in a pack that you, it's like a meal replacement thing. Yes. And, and any attempt to ingest anything while running, I was incapable of completely. Like I would drown like a turkey trying to drink that water while I was running. Those Dixie cups. They challenge anybody. Those Dixie cups. I took my oldest kid who is now in college to a sort of play date for nursery school. Cause in New York city, you have to like audition for nursery schools basically. Sure. And he was two and he, one of the tests was like, how well could he separate from me? You know, not that well. Could he share toys? Not really. And then <laughs> time to sit down and they put. Dixie cups in front of each of the kids and a pitcher of water in the middle of the table. And my two-year-old, who had only ever drunk out of a sippy cup in his life, I realized like my vast error at that moment. I always just handed him a sippy right. cup. The cavern opened and you were like, no. What like person of any age can pour water from a pitcher into the tiny, flimsy, collapsible Dixie cup? Of course, he made a mess. I mean, he wasn't the only one, but he, he totally failed that test. And I failed that test. Talk about mom guilt because I in that moment was like, oh, what a gap in my education of my young child. I have to leave our topic for one second, but there is a TikTok thing. I don't even know how you would search for it, but it's kids who spill a little bit of water and then dump the rest out. Like there's clearly something in a kid. There's a huge account. It's an uncle with with a niece and a nephew and he just has them pour stuff that they cannot pour. Yeah. It's like its whole account. This is different. It's like kids who... They trip, they accidentally spill stuff, and then they have some weird instinct to pour the rest of it out. It's extremely comical. Like picture a kid like walking with an open cup and then they spill a little bit. And for some reason, they then pour the rest of it out. It's like a weird thing that kids do. Anyway, I could watch it on TikTok for 300 hours. Kids spilling. It's like the Scottish king in Macbeth. He has a whole speech about like, well, I'm covered in blood now. I might as well keep going. Might as well kill everybody. That's exactly what it is. That is exactly <laughs> Shakespearean in nature. We went to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash what fresh hellcast. Super fun group of parents who talk about all kinds of things. I mean, if you're not there, really, what are you doing? What are your life choices? And we asked all of you to tell us what are the things that you as an adult really should know how or be able to do, but simply cannot. And we have some hilarious and very important answers. I'm going to start with Michelle, who says, I cannot wink. I can't do it. Both eyes close unless I put a huge amount of effort into it, but then that looks awkward and forced. No cute wink after a that's what she said type comment, just a full on face spasm instead. I'm going to say, Michelle, that this is fine. Winking is a terrible. So 20th century Mm -hmm. expression. Who winks? I mean, apparently 
As long, I mean, just go to finger guns and then you don't need to wink. Like, who needs to wink? Apparently, I wink all the time. I don't even know I'm doing. I mean, I have that like we're sharing something secret. And apparently, like I wink without thinking about it. One of my kids knew that I knew that another one of my kids had a romantic interest that I hadn't been informed of yet. Because, of course, why would you tell your mother about that? She's going to be the literally the last person to know. But when it finally came out. My other kid was like, oh, mom knew for a long time, which I did. But she's like, you kept winking at me every time. Like he'd say something that was sort of, I was like, you could tell. you're not going to be able to be in the poker tournament of champions or whatever. No, apparently I wink without knowing it. How much better just not to be able to wink at all. Winking doesn't come up that much in my life. I think you don't really need to wink. Winking is passe. Like St. Nicholas winks. Well, I'm thinking there's a, what do you call it? A gif? Like a little moving thing that you post of Catherine Hahn. I don't know the actress. And oh, she's yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, like they're doing this big exaggerated wink. You can just send people that when you need to wink. Okay. All right. That's just text idea. that to people, Michelle. That's my solution. Or go to finger guns. That's fine. Kyria says, I cannot tell time on an analog clock. I literally missed them teaching us how to tell time because I had chicken pox. <laughs> Kyria says, I finally figured out when I was in high school, but I'm still not great at it. I have no idea how someone can look at a clock and just know the time. I really have to think about it. My husband thinks this is hilarious and has an analog clock display the time on his phone just because. <laughs> just because that's what husbands do. I had this as a grammar school student, I got really, I got a brain freeze on B and D, which one was which, right? B faces to the right. Now I have to do left and right. And D faces to the left. Okay. Yeah. This is the lower case. And I remember maybe in fourth grade, whatever grade it was, the letters were on the front of the room. There was a, you know, a little long strip poster that had above the blackboard. Above the blackboard that had the letters written on them. No whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> right. And every time I had to make a B or a D, I would glance up and I would look, okay, which one goes which way? And I remember at some point either delivering something or maybe they gave us a tour of the fifth grade classroom. And I realized the letters were not above the chalkboard. Oh no. And I spent all of that year in a panic that like, what was I going to do? I still didn't know which one was the B and which one was the D. And how would I survive fifth grade without it written? And I just remember that really panicking me. And I, I assume I worked it out at some point because I don't remember the denouement of the story. It hasn't come up and I'm now extremely confident in which one is which way. But it is funny how you miss one small thing and you feel like, uh oh. Yeah. I mean, it's a meme, right? It's like, oh, I guess I was absent when they taught that that day. But sometimes that literally happens <laughs> that you were missing the three days when they taught you how to tell time and then it's lost to you forever. Pamela has the most random one. Like many of these I looked at and I was like, yeah, yeah, I know that's a thing Me that too. people yeah. have. Ha ha. Pamela, I have to say, I've literally never heard another human being express this deficit. Pamela says, estimating how many people are in a place, this is just not a thing I can do. Was it busy? Was it crowded? You're asking the wrong girl. I was once in a Major League Baseball game and the big screen asked you to yell out how many people you thought were in the stands. I said 2,000. There were over 30,000 people there. <laughs> she would be bad. Remember? I 
kind of feel like, again, maybe this is germs. Do they not do this anymore? I feel like my childhood was completely dominated by how many X are in this jar. Yeah. How many pom-poms are in the kindergarten teachers? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember doing that? Like how many jelly beans are in the, I guess it was a skill. I guess that's something they do in grade school because definitely as an adult, I have never had to estimate the number of people who were in a place, but <laughs> don't ask Pamela if you need to, because she'll be all don't gone. ask Pamela. She thinks there's 2000 people at a major league baseball stadium. My spouse will do this to me sometimes. And it always stresses me out to be like, take a guess how much like this company was worth this two years ago. Take a guess at what they're worth now. I always get super, super stressed that he's going to like laugh at how risibly off I am. And he doesn't, even when I am, but it is, it's not something I enjoy guesstimating. Well, this is why I can't go on the show Jeopardy. You know, my husband and I are obsessed with Jeopardy. And I think my husband is actually going to take the test and try to go on. Oh, he should. Yeah. He'd be perfect for it. Can you imagine? Huge news. Can you imagine? They'd be like, there's this strange spike in viewership. We would have a live viewing party where like everybody from the Facebook group and we would all watch it together and we would be like, David, we would have to come up with a cute name, like Davidites or something where we were all cheering him on. All this to say, I am fairly good. We always joke that if there was couples jeopardy, we would kill it because we just have very different spheres of knowledge. Like the things, my literature, pop culture is amazing and his math science stuff, incredible. We would kill it on couples jeopardy. But the reason I can't go on Jeopardy is because when I guess wrong, I guess humiliatingly wrong. And there are accounts on the internet where they're like this idiot from Jeopardy. And that's the problem. They're like, who was the ruler who decided blah, blah, blah. And I will guess like Abraham Lincoln. And it's like Cletus the Grape from the sixth century. Like I get it humiliatingly wrong. And that's where... I would fail at Jeopardy. And this is the same thing. Like guessing, she would guess there were 2,000 people in the crowd. There are 30,000. She's so far off. That's a total gap I have. Like if you ask me, like, when did, you know, man learn to like sharpen a rock into a knife point? I'd be like. Right. You'd be like 1232. And you're like, no, it's, oh, it's 11 million years ago. Yeah, exactly. I lose that. I lose perspective there. Yeah, I mean, the idea that there's like three different phases of dinosaurs that are millions of years apart, like it's like the brontosaurus never existed at the same time as the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's the Jurassic and the Mesozoic. I have a kid who's very into dinosaurs, and now I kind of know it, but the year span gets very confusing. All right, we'll be right back with even more things we should be able to do and know, but can't. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. 
Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H dot com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Jillian says, I cannot park. I will pull in and out three times and not be straight. I think I'm between the lines evenly and I'm always crooked no matter what. It's all the same, even in my own driveway. I just yesterday had an experience where I was meeting two people in a parking lot. And not a parking lot, but like we were parking together to go into an event together. And their car was parked and they were like, just pull in right behind us. And now I have two dudes who are to some degree people I work for watching me park a car. It was torture. There's nothing worse. They're like, you're not straight. I mean, it was the worst. Like the two of them are standing there and I'm trying to parallel park behind their car. And let me tell you, and I do, as we've discussed on the episode with my sister, bonus episode, subscribe. I have a handicap. I have a eye problem. I was born with cross eyes, which now we don't say cross eyes anymore. It's strabismus. And I have eye problems and I don't parallel park well. And then I've got two guys watching me parallel park and be like, cut the wheel. I'm like, if anyone says cut the wheel again, I'm going to run you there's over. There's nothing worse. I mean, kidney stones, I guess, but there's, <laughs> let me finish. There's nothing worse. War, famine. Yes. But I'm saying after those big things. <laughs> then, other than famine, there's nothing worse than somebody watching you while you park. It's the worst. Nobody has ever parked better or sort of taken that advice into account smoothly. Like it's a disaster. It's always a disaster. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Tiffany also has no sense of direction, which is a big one, right? Like when people, I mean, people make this joke, but sometimes people are like, yeah, you just go Southwest down, but, and you're like, what? I have a compass in my back pocket. I'm going Southwest. What in the wide world are you talking about? Southwest. Lauren, this was Lauren's one. She said, North, South, East, West mean nothing to me. My husband will tell me he's on the north corner of the parking lot. What? But the problem for Lauren. <laughs> Am I Davy Crockett? You're on the north corner? But Lauren says, I live in the Rockies and I have the mountains as a guide. They are always to my west and I am still hopeless. I will say I lived in Manhattan for many, many, many years. And Manhattan is a grid. And it's very oriented to north, south, east, west. And again, it was one of those brain lock things that... You really have to know north, south, east, west in Manhattan, right? Like people are like, I'll meet you on the southwest corner of yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you do. 13th and Broadway. Like you got to know your ordinal directions. 
But there are signs, but you're not like looking at the Rockies. You're looking like, here's 13th Street, and that sign over there says 12th Street, so that's south. Like you have constant numerical, like bigger is north and bigger is west. You know, so the numbers help. But when I first arrived in the city, I will say that was a block for me. I would try to make the Empire State Building like my relative position to the Empire State Building, but it would definitely freak me out. Like which one is now again, it's in my bones. Like now I I could be like, I made down the southeast corner, but yes. And the Empire State Building. And the Rockies. Yeah. It's like, you've got it. You've got something to work. But even like I live in the suburbs. It's like, I don't know where I am at any given moment. It's like a Again, people love those ordinal directions, and I'm not for it. My kids are doing it now. Oh, let me tell you, the Earth Science Regents is going to be the death of us at my house. But they're doing a lot of like... Well, tell us what Regents are. I think that's like a, a New York State thing, isn't it? Is it? State test? I don't even know what it is. It's a test from hell, basically. And I'll tell you, the Earth Science Regents which you take in eighth or ninth grade, to me, like, this is like getting a PhD in Earth Science. I do not, this test is so hard. It's ridiculous to me. And I look at it and I would get as literally a two out of a hundred on the test. Cause there's like one, I'm like, I think I kind of get. Which way is North? Number one. But even North, <laughs> I think for kids, like sometimes the map is not oriented. Like it's like you have to figure it out. Like the river is flowing one way on the map, but it's flowing South on the paper, but it's not flowing. It's so confusing. I still have to do. I will never learn my directions on a topographical map and I will live a happy life. Right. I mean, I'll never be able to like figure out where I am from like where the sun is in the sky or which way the river is flowing. I know my north, south, east, west, but I have to imagine myself every single time. Like some people would have to like use their, their hands to be like, is this left or right? I have to envision myself standing on a map of the United States, like, you know, a first grade United States map and be like, New York is that way. California is that way. Florida is that way. And Canada is that way. That's how I do north, south, east, west. I envision myself. Which way is Florida on this map that I'm standing on? You're like Joey from Friends. That was his whole thing. When they went to London, he was like, he had to put the map on the ground and stand on it. He's like, I have to be in the map. That was like a whole plot point on Friends. And now there's Google Maps and nobody ever needs to know where they're going. So now I'm like... Game changer. We're all hopeless. Yeah. Erica says, I can technically ride a bike, but I have no confidence. Eons ago, we went to visit my cousins in Holland, and it was a disaster. I ended up having to ride on the back fender of someone else's bike the whole time. I feel like bike riding is definitely one of those things. Bike riding and swimming. And if you don't, skiing, there's a lot of things that, like, if you don't get it when you're under 10, you never really... My mother started skiing at 40 my father. And when did she stop? Did she keep skiing? Because I started skiing at 40 and I stopped skiing at like 43. She stopped at like 50. She was a good sport. My dad had grown up literally at a mountain. His father was an innkeeper and they had a ski slope. He grew up skiing from the time he was two. And so he wanted us to ski. And then we all would go skiing. And my mom started at 40 and she just couldn't get it. It just, she just could not get the like muscle memory or whatever. And she was, she could get down the hill, but she never had that comp, that like easy, joyful confidence. And I think there's a lot of things like that. I have a book coming out next year and there's a whole chapter about me trying to learn to ski as an adult and how it went. Spoiler alert, terrible. And yes, I never had a moment of fun doing it. And part of it is because you're on the bunny slope with children, which (laughs) once you're a parent, you know, like I'm a mom watching like 
dozens of four and five year olds acting like completely unsafely all around me. It was not like, get me out of here. This isn't fun. I couldn't even graduate. Yeah. Riding a bike, but there's a window. One of my siblings doesn't know how to ride a bike. And it's because the crucial window was missed. We had two siblings that were Irish twins born really close together. And so my parents were like, you know, in the soup, right? And so their just older sibling in the, you know, four, five, six age where somebody's supposed to be teaching this kid to ride a bike, like everybody was busy. It was diapers and bottles everywhere. And so this kid never learned. And now this adult doesn't know how to ride a bike because you missed the window. Like you couldn't be nine and like with training wheels in the neighborhood, you might as well just move right now. Forget yeah, about it. Yeah. <laughs> move right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. There's windows. You couldn't risk it. You couldn't risk the social ostracization. I am an extremely good bike rider. I was a bike messenger in New York City, and I'm a really good bike rider. How have we done as many episodes as we have done? You're just one of those people that's like, oh, yeah, I did that. I was a bike messenger. What? I was a bike messenger in college. Yeah. we're gonna. That'll be next month's bonus episode. Secret jobs. Is secret job. Yeah, you already did one in jobs. It's going to be like, well, I forgot to say I was a bike messenger. That wouldn't be interesting <laughs> or weird, would it? Ariel cannot go underwater without holding her nose. This to me is like the corollary. Like I never learned to hold my nose when I jumped in the pool. Like people at the Y wouldn't let me. So I never started doing it. But this is one of those things like if you don't stop holding your nose when you jump out of water, by the time you're 10, you're always going to do it. I had a kid who couldn't swim without holding his nose. And was like seven and was literally learning the crawl. I'm going to try to explain it by like holding his nose and swimming with one arm and then changing the grip on his nose. Like he could not be in water without holding his nose. He's mastered it now, but it did take a long, long time. Takes focus. Laura can't peel a hard boiled egg, which I'm fine with because hard boiled eggs are gross and have no, they have no role in our lives. They're disgusting. Yeah, somebody, I'll put a link in the show notes if I can find it to a, oh, the Dash egg cooker. You guys, I'm going to get this for my husband for his birthday. Don't tell him that it boils eggs. You know me, I hate eggs. This is a real gift from me because I don't think there should be eggs <laughs> that people eat. And so I'm going to get him this little thing that makes really good hard-boiled eggs and I guess makes them easier to peel. A hard-boiled egg, I mean, it's the grossest substance Chris- on that's, oh. a, that's all there is to say about that. Don't don't peel it. Don't have it. Oh, just don't peel it. Just pretend they don't exist. Yuck. Christy cannot clap and sing at the same time. <laughs> she says, I've been in choirs and I've taken several years of piano lesson. But if you want clapping and singing at the same time, that's not going to happen. I, there's always like they always goof on people like they'll do like the Senate or something for some reason. Or it's like someone's funeral. Something will be going on. And they have like. All the senators attempting to like sing and clap at something like it's I don't know if it's a holiday thing. They're out on the steps. I don't know what they're doing that they're doing this. And these it's it's definitely not. It's not a skill of the older white man uh, singing and clapping. No. Or they clap on one and three. They just always are such a mess. It's like. There's just something about people who can't clap and sing at the same time that is extremely amusing. Tina says basic geography. This is sort of a problem for me. She says, like even U.S. states, all those little northeast states, forget about it. Tina says, I literally thought Estonia was a made up place like in the Princess Diaries until they went there for The Bachelor this past season. Boy, was I surprised. (laughs) I will say Geography is the category of the Davidites are really going to suffer if it's a geography heavy Jeopardy when my husband goes on because 
geography is the place where David and I, my husband, both just completely fall down on Jeopardy. Like, they, I feel like they never taught it to me in school. I, I didn't, I didn't have it, and I'm terrible at it. It's shocking, and the people who are good at it are really good at it. But on Jeopardy, sometimes they're like, "Turn northwest from Estonia, and you'll get to this, you know, Eastern <laughs> Bloc nation." And I'm like, I literally have no idea. And again, like, if I were to guess, I would be like, uh. Moldavia, and they'd be like, that's the place from Dynasty where everyone got killed at the wedding. Not a real place. Like, if I would said that on national TV, like, no one would ever forgive me. I see. I understand the risks. Yeah, like, I can't be on national TV guessing Moldavia and then having people goof on me on the internet forever for guessing a fake country from Dynasty. Oldie Lux alert. Back in my day. There was a wedding on the show Dynasty in the 80s. And who was from Moldavia, the other guests? No. I can't believe I can't come up with the name. It wasn't Fallon. It was Catherine Oxenberg's character was marrying the Prince of Moldavia at the famous dynasty wedding. Destination wedding. And then uh-huh. the terrorists broke in and killed several people at the wedding in Moldavia. And it was like one of those who shot JR moments of like the Moldavia wedding on dynasty lives on. And I can still remember exactly watching it. I mean, they totally, as soon as I saw the red wedding, if you want to watch Game of Thrones, turn down your headphones for a minute. As soon as I saw the Red Wedding on Game of Thrones, I was like, they totally stole that from Dynasty. That's the Moldavia wedding. It was definitely a little more intense on Game of Thrones. But yes, the Moldavian wedding episode of Dynasty. I mean, I can still remember my aunt Suze and my sister and I, we all were watching it. We were like screaming. It was so exciting. Harla says... She can't do sports or dance or anything that involves moving her body. I'm surrounded by people who think nothing of a pickup game of something, anything, no matter how skilled they are or are not. They even have a good time. Meanwhile, just the words pickup game breaks me out in cold sweats. Carla co-signed. Sames. I am not really this way. Like I can catch a ball and I'm pretty good at a racket sport. Like I could jump into a badminton game. Uh, but yeah, there are people who I have been involved in one or two pickup games of different sports in my day. And I find that women tend to be like, well, I'm not really good. And then you really have to drill down on that because I will be like, I'm not really good at tennis, which I'm not, but I have spent a lot of time interacting with like spherical objects. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not like, right, you, you know how. <laughs> so yeah, you really have to be careful when you're like, Hey, pick up game. Like, right. It, that's what burns me every time I've been to the tennis ladies day, like, And it's like for true beginners. And I get there and I'm like hitting balls into the parking lot. I didn't grow up playing tennis. I didn't know how to do it. Or I go to the golf, like swear to God, like this is for people who have never done it before. And the woman next to me says, I'm not very good. And she played in college. She's Tiger Woods. And then you're really like dragging everybody else down. Like, oh, when we said you don't have to know how to play, we did kind of mean like you do have to know how. We completely lied. Yeah, exactly. All right. We'll be right back with even more things you can't do. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, 
zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. lots of things we can't do, but here's a list of things moms can do that regular people can't. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Hear the sound of the ice cream truck approaching from 19 blocks away, and then formulate a reason why the kids can't have ice cream before regular human ears have even clocked the sound. Make major medical crises from skinned knees to paper cuts disappear with a single band-aid. Scream at children while only whispering. Transform unwashed hair into presentable locks with only one bottle of dry shampoo. Sense a child is lying about what they are really planning to do after school before the words are even out of their mouths. Yeah, sure, you're going to tutoring. Carry six grocery bags and a toddler at the same time. Keep track of three soccer schedules, 19 play rehearsals, four regents prep sessions, and a spouse's travel plans with a single calendar. Find the shoe the four other members of the family have been searching tirelessly for for 20 minutes. It's under the kitchen table, fools. Register a child opening a snack in the pantry from a different floor of the house and then shut that mess down with a single screech. It's almost dinner time. Shut down shenanigans with a single glance. These kids won't end up on the wrong side of mom's death glare again anytime soon. This has been Things Moms Can Do That Regular People Can't. From the What Fresh Hell Podcast. Kim says she cannot replace a light bulb. I inevitably always buy the wrong kind or it's the right kind, but the light is a different color than the other bulbs. Yes. And then I'm short, says Kim. So even with the correct bulb and highest ladder, I never reach it. So my plan is to just live in our house until all the light bulbs go out and then move. My mother 
had a thing with this with one of their family friends that they watched her try to screw in a light bulb and she was screwing it in the wrong direction for like 30 seconds and it became like an odd it shattered no just like sitting there or it just wouldn't it would they get stripped i remember as a kid being like i don't understand there's a direction you have to screw in a light bulb and they couldn't believe i still whenever i go to screw something in have to say out loud righty tidy lefty lucy every time it helps <laughs> And to your inner self, to your inner child, like, keep, now keep in mind. Yeah, but not inner, outer, <laughs> like to my outer self, because I have to say it, I have to verbalize that out loud. Joanne cannot put caps back on correctly. Milk cartons, orange juice containers, pill bottles. Righty tighty, lefty loosey, babe. I just solved all your problems. Joanne's husband used to operate under the impression that every cap he encountered would be properly tightened. After many spills, he has now learned his lesson and operates under the assumption that every cap or lid in our house is hanging on by a thread. I love that for him. <laughs> Courtney and I share a dilemma. She cannot use a tape gun, literally cannot do it. She runs a business that requires a lot of taping boxes oh, no. and labels. And every single time the tape gets twisted, it won't cut. I end up using a profanity every time. It's, I feel, and I, Courtney, we're not here to solve problems. We're not here to give advice. But I have figured out that the tape gun is a confidence game from start to finish. Mm. That like it involves a hard slap of the tape gun, a confident pull, and then a hard cut. Like it's you gotta fake it till you make it. You gotta just tell yourself, I can, I will, I do, and just go for it. Because I'm telling you, I've had this problem myself. And uh, yeah, it's a confidence game, the tape gun. You know, you have to refine the end and you just have like the littlest, teeniest, like skinniest strip and you're trying to make it like a wider strip because it's going to be huge, like moving packing tape you're using and then you, then you lose it again. I, I mean, I've spent I've spent many a moment trying to get the tape untangled. Same with now starting what you're talking about is a different game. Maybe starting the tape that is taped down and only getting a tiny strip that can't be fixed. You can either like make a thousand tiny strips. Yeah. You but can I feel like you use a tape gun and then you still end up there. No, 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 no. The, the tape gun, like you have the worst thing happen. Like the tape gun, it comes out of the tape comes out of the thing that's threading it to the sharp edge. And instead now it's just taped itself back to the other tape and you have to find the edge. Good luck. No, to no, you. no, that can't be. That's what I'm saying. That can't be fixed. Like just move to Guam. Like at that point, there's no way to solve this problem. How about this is something I've never been able to do. Public restroom, new toilet paper roll. Mm. Um, trying to find like where that starts and pull it. It's like one of those lock boxes in a James Bond movie. You're like, where would I even begin? I don't know why it's so hard, but I bring, can't think it's just me. Bring t carry tissues in your purse. That's my advice. Amanda says she cannot insert a USB the correct way before the third try. I'm so glad to hear this because I was, I'm like, I did it that way. Like you put it in one way, that doesn't work. You put it in the other way and it still doesn't work. You're like, wait, is there something wrong with me? No. And then you, yeah. Yeah. But why does it work on the third way? You're exactly right. Like it doesn't work the first time. Or the second time, but then like the fifth time it works. And it's like how there's only two sides to it. There's only two sides. There shouldn't be a third try. I cannot at this point, I just call my husband, like <laughs> figuring out how, which cord goes in which slot. Now there's like, I have something to charge, like a Kindle. And I'm like, I'm trying a USB-C, but that's not right. And then there's like that. It looks like it's right, but it's not right. But it's not right. Right. It's 1% different. That's right. And then there's like some sort of whatever the Kindle cord is, whatever that thing is called. It's got like a little notch in it. 
But then there's one that's a little bit bigger. And then there's a USB-C, which is flat all around, no notch. I'm just like, I hand it to my husband. I'm like, can you charge this for me? That's become my solution. (laughs) Because I just cannot find the correct cord for the device. Like, I'm always wrong. Tracy says she can't intelligently convey her thoughts. I can have entire monologues in my head that make sense, some on fairly deep subjects. But as soon as I open my mouth to share my thoughts with another person, I'm a bumbling, rambling fool. My husband used a phrase many years ago. That person is an organized speaker. And I was like, they have organized thoughts for speaking. And I thought that's the skill because it's a very different skill than being smart. And I think we were at the time watching a political debate and it wasn't big candidates. It was local people. And he said, well, that person's just a much more organized thinker and organized speaker. And it's true that like you can come off as very, very dumb, but it's really just that you're not. Some people are extremely good at saying like, well, Amy, the three ways I would approach that problem is one, I would open the package. Two, I would get the tape gun. And three, you know, they just have that ability to speak. They remember that they started with three things. Yeah. And that's right. I think it's just a skill that certain people have and certain people don't have. It's like instead of going tangent, 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 right? And then you're then you're off over here. Gretchen has a funny one, which is thematic with the states or geography or ordinal directions. She doesn't know anatomy. Because of how my school managed band, my science units got all messed up. I ended up doing <laughs> geology twice and never had the human body unit. So now I, she's doing, God bless Gretchen, she's doing online anatomy and physiology, studying independently because knowing the body is important. I think I would just be like, oh, well, I'll never know where the liver is or what it does. I don't know where the liver is and where it does, but I'm not sure I had an anatomy unit. But for sure, geo- way too much rocks, way too much earth science. And, and I can't remember any of it anyway, but like what, the stripes in a rock, what are those called? Striations. Yeah. Striations <laughs> and like the rock cycle. Yeah. Like uh, weathering versus erosion. I mean, yeah, I think we need to talk to somebody about what it is we're studying. Like, you do not need to know the rock cycle, but you kind of need to know what your liver does so you can take care of it. Isn't that more important? Well, yeah, what your liver is and what it does and like basic like symptoms too. Like what's the difference between a, a stomach ache and a an appendicitis and like there's lower right side, people, lower right side. Right. Like learn that in school or even like headaches. I was just reading about migraines and there are very specific ways that medical, if you came in and said, I have a terrible headache, the way they know like this is a problem and this is a migraine, which is a problem, but a different kind of problem, not dangerous. And there are very simple like sudden onset, you know, hit their head for it, whatever. And I just thought like, why don't we learn this stuff? Like it's kind of important to know, like, is this headache one I should worry about? Well, answer these four questions. Why are they, why are they saving that for med school? And I know someone in med school right now, and even they were saying that So much of med school used to be predicated on memorization because you had to like know the four types of headaches. To hold it, right. And that now because you have a phone or a tablet or like you could look up so much stuff that there's, they're kind of waiting for the shift away from like, you don't actually have to memorize the 900 symptoms of the small intestine. Like you could reference that stuff. But yeah, it's very, that's, that's an interesting topic. We should maybe do an episode on that. Like, why do we learn what we learn and what would be 
better to know, you know, like actual skills. Or like, I mean, chat GPT, that's, it's changing everything, right? When you can sort of synthesize knowledge about stuff. Why learn about earth science? Why learn about the rock cycle and memorize all this stuff for the regions test in the first place, right? If that information is available to you, if you want it. Because it's good to learn. That's why. That's why it's important to learn things. I'm going to close strong with Delaney, who can only tie her shoes using the bunny ears method. Me too. Me too. No shame in that. There's no shame in the bunny ears game. It's fine. I have also admitted often on the podcast that I had children who were like in fifth grade and did not know how to tie their shoes because I had three kids in three years and I three kids in four years to be technical. I didn't have time to sit around teaching kids how to tie their shoes. I'm sorry. And so my kids never learned how to tie their shoes. And guess what? I taught them in a day when they were in fifth grade. It worked out totally fine. Mm. There is no shame in the bunny ears game. The bunny chases the other thing down the rabbit hole. It's fine. As long as you get them tied. Oh, I mean, yeah, I still tie my shoes that way and don't know the other way and existed with the deep shame for a long time. But the way I was doing it was inferior. I was sure that the other way to tie your shoes was better or at least led to a more firmly tied shoe. But I have been told since then that that's, in fact, not the case, that it's exactly the same knot. You're just getting to it a different way. You do you. I hear you and I understand. And it's totally fine. No shame in that game. You Friends. Have you left us a rating and review of our podcast? If not, would you do that today? That is something you can do. Everyone can do it. It's just a clicky click click on your phone. It's one of those kind of goofy things that weirdly people care about and it helps the algorithm and people find blah, blah, blah. Whatever the reason is, if you would take a moment out of your day, if you're enjoying the podcast to leave a rating or review, if you hate the podcast, just yeah, turn maybe to don't the person next to you and say, this podcast stinks. <laughs> but if you like the podcast... Would you leave us a rating or review on your favorite app? It would make us smile. It would make us happy. Thanks for considering that. And please know that however you tie your shoes and whether or not you can drink out of a water fountain, we like you just the way you are. We do. We're totally fine. Don't ever learn north, south, east, or west. Don't go changing to try to please us, friends. (laughs) And with that, we will talk to you next time. So long. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings 
who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It.